Unspoken Issues. What is going on, Legions of the Unspoken? This is Jesse. We wanted to do something a little special for Halloween season this year. Uh, so Chris and I got together and we read the spooky six-part series, Rise of the Midnight Suns. And just like those tiny candy bars you used to find in the bag after a long night of trick-or-treat, we are releasing this in short, fun-sized episodes, leading all the way up to Halloween. Unfortunately, Dean and Mike were not able to join us on this one, but we wanted to make sure to point out that some work has been put in on this series before, where Dean Compton and Emily Scott sat down and had a similar conversation about five years ago. So make sure to check out Nighttime Sunburn, Rise of the Midnight Suns, over at theunspokendecade.com, and a link to that will be posted in the notes of every show. Okay, let's go. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Unspoken Epics. This is our uh, long-form version of the Unspoken Issues podcast, where we get to sit down and talk about some of our favorite 90s comic story arcs. And this entry uh, was something that you had chosen, Chris Armstrong. Anyway, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody which story arc did you choose to talk about this episode? Uh, well, seeing as how uh, we're right around Halloween time, I figured this would be an appropriate time to dive into Rise of the Midnight Suns, which is, you know, it's a six-part story. It kind of launched the Midnight Suns corner of the Marvel Universe in the in the early 90s. If I had to guess the five comic book stories I've probably read the most, Infinity Gauntlet would be in there. Okay. Uh, the first Savage Dragon miniseries would be in there. Nice. And then definitely Rise of the Midnight Suns would be in there. I'm not not sure about what else probably uh, also the heart of the hawk dark hawk the first like multi-part dark hawk story that was kind of a big deal to me when i was a kid too but yeah okay. this one uh, is one that i read over and over when i was a uh, i was a kid so uh and i really liked a lot of the other Mid- midnight suns spinoff books that kind of came out of the ghost rider title mm-hmm. uh, so i was excited to get a chance to to reread this again and uh, and talk about it a bit yeah this is the first time i've ever actually read this series i knew of it of course you know this came out in 90 what was it 90 oh wow 92 okay that is one <laughs> thing i did not write down i've got the issues here what number issues they are and what parts <laughs> they are but i do not have when it got released so 90 i'm pretty 92. sure it was the summer of 92 uh crossover event uh these were some characters that i knew of i, I was the x x-men guy i was the mutant mm-hmm. guy so kind of shied away from this part because i just didn't know the characters well enough to want to jump into that continuity uh but this would have been the prime time to do it this is the first time I've ever read this storyline. It's a perfect storyline to read for October and getting ready for the Halloween season. Uh, mm-hmm. We got a, a lot of supernatural stuff going in here. If you know much about Ghost Rider, it's the spirit of vengeance, flaming <laughs> flaming skull, chains, leather jacket. He's pretty spooky, but we also have vampires factoring into this with Morbius, the living vampire. We have vampire hunters in the Night Stalkers. We have Lilith, which is a the, the mother of demons. So there's a lot of, oh, Doctor Strange, too. He makes a couple Mm -hmm, appearances, as a matter of fact. So there's a lot of supernatural, mystic, magic stuff going on here, which fits in perfect with October. Uh, Yeah, Strange was kind of the cameo king of this (laughs) storyline. This is uh, my introduction to a lot of these characters getting off the ground floor in the 90s. Uh, So I, uh, you know, I had a good time reading this. Rise of the Midnight Suns. uh, This was something that was put together by Howard Mackey. 
the trade I've got for this this storyline has a reprinted interview with all of the writers and the editor. Uh, they they really? kind of talk about the how they this line of books kind of evolved, um, which I kind of made a few notes. Yeah, let's hear it, man. I'm, I'm, I was curious because I've got I, I went through this morning. I found a I found an interview by Howard Mackey. Somebody had, uh, did an interview with Howard Mackey mm-hmm. uh, asking him some questions about the Midnight Suns and what the genesis of it was. So now I'm curious as to what they you know, what it was saying in there. So, yeah, yeah feel this, free. this is a kind of a contemporary account because this was right when the books uh, launched. So nice. Uh, nice. I definitely yeah. hear what he's he has to say more recently too, but but yeah, according to this uh, interview with it was Bobby Chase was the editor and and all the writers. The way they basically frame it is uh, Tom DeFalco was the editor in chief. Ghost Rider was a big success for them, so they wanted to do a second Ghost Rider book, kind of like there were four Spider Mans at that time. You know, uh, a lot of characters had multiple books, and so editor. Uh, of Ghost Rider was Bobby Chase and her along with Howard Mackey and I think uh, Bob Harris who was the X-Men editor decided well if we're going to do a second Ghost Rider book let's just do like a family kind of like the X-Men have like several books under the same like umbrella so they started out throwing out other supernatural characters like Hannibal King and Morbius they kind of came up with a list of Marvel characters they could use Lynn Kaminsky the Morbius writer had already done a proposal for Morbius that he was ready to pitch and Chris Cooper the Darkhold writer had already pitched a dark old book so he you know threw that in mm-hmm. so that's how it kind of started to all kind of gel together and, and they just kind of all threw all those under the same umbrella and, and kind of gave ghost rider his own like family of titles uh, even though he wasn't directly involved you know in every series month to month it was all kind of under that mackie's you know ghost rider run all right yeah so yeah what i i hopped on to horror news network.net so this was 2016 march of 2016 fairly recent uh, yep uh so I mean, some of the notes that I grabbed from the interview itself back in the 90s when Mm -hmm. they were just getting ready to they decided to relaunch Ghost Rider, the third volume. So he says after the pitch, there was some pushback from Marvel sales team. The Marvel sales team believed it was a big risk because Mackie wasn't exactly a uh, he wasn't a well-known writer at the time. Plus, yeah, I mean, he was just kind of getting his uh, his teeth sharpened on on writing and they were not too thrilled about trying to push this book <laughs> with him behind it. And they didn't think it would be financially a good idea. So DeFalco was really behind Mackie and, and doing this. So he didn't budge. And uh, so they ended up giving in and they did it. Of course, it took off. It was, uh, you know, a lot of people were very pleased with the series. Midnight Suns roll around and they decide to do the pitch for that. And Mackie initially was like, uh, I don't know. He said, I don't want it to be too much too soon. He was pleased with the fact we got Ghost Rider out there but now we're going to start throwing all these other supernatural characters out there maybe it might dilute the excitement right when they were i guess when they were sitting around the table talking about what this could be dg chichester threw out lilith as the uh, main villain of the piece and mackie all of a sudden was like okay now i'm starting to kind of get with this i kind of like this idea so he comes back to the table and then they start rolling with the midnight suns thing one of the things that i thought was pretty interesting out of that interview was that at some point a rabbi a rabbi had come up to mackie this was well after midnight suns had dropped and Mm -hmm asked him about where he found some of the stuff about Lilith, because apparently that Lilith is a figure from religious mythology. So this rabbi comes up to him and is like, where did you find all this stuff at? And he's like, well, we didn't have anything to go on, so we just kind of made it up along (laughs) the way. The rabbi's like, I can't believe how accurate some of the stuff you came up with. (laughs) 
at least Mackie didn't know that a lot of what we see in this book and how the character of Lilith comes about was actually very close or similar to what the original mythology was. Um, I guess uh, we'll go ahead and get started here. What we're going to do, I've already kind of cleared this with Chris. I said, hey, let's do an issue at a time. Kind of give it the proper space to breathe. I want to do each issue as, as much justice as we can. If there's anything we want to get out there on each issue, great. Because we got a lot. Oh, my <laughs> gosh, is there a lot of stuff that happens in these six issues. It really kind of boggles my mind, the amount of stuff that they have to get off the ground and get through to the reader in these first six issues yeah. of Midnight Suns. I didn't double check, but I think each issue is like double sized as well because they were okay. all they were all launched as polybagged. They all each had like a poster insert that you put all the posters together to make one giant poster, which is pretty cool. Oh <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, that's a but great I, I believe, especially since most of them are issue number, except for the bookends, the Ghost Rider issues, the others are all issues number issue number ones. So mm-hmm. I think they were all double sized. Uh, so you get a lot of meat in this uh, six issues. Ghost Rider was a book that I didn't get into when it first started. I, I kind of jumped in. I believe the first issue I picked up was the issue before the famous, you know, glow in the dark cover issue, mm-hmm. which I believe that was 15. So I think 14 was the first one I had picked up. And that was the first issue where Johnny Blaze had come back. I didn't even know who Johnny Blaze was because I'd never read Ghost Rider before. I didn't even <laughs> know there was an original Ghost Rider at that point. But I really liked the, that, that character and the way they interacted and stuff. It wasn't until I, I picked up a couple issues and I didn't really get back into it until this crossover started. And then I became a big fan of, of Ghost Rider and, and especially the Spirits of Vengeance team-up book with Ghost Rider and Blaze together. You know, I was 12 years old when this crossover started, and when I started getting into these books, I wasn't really into horror movies and stuff like that, but I think getting into this material, which is sort of like superhero action slash supernatural horror all kind of mingled together. So I think it laid a lot of the groundwork, wired my brain for <laughs> for the the horror fandom that I would come into later. Oh, that's awesome. You know, when we started out doing the Unspoken Issues podcast, they were just single one-shot issues usually we'd, mm-hmm. we'd shoot for. We, you and I covered Ghost Rider number 25 on our 19th episode. Right. That um, was, that, that was, la- was that last October or the previous? Oh, I could click on the video and tell you uh that was 2020 october 31st 2020 is when that aired and i know yeah this is it unspoken issues number 12 that came out february of 2020 and that was spider-man number 14 so we we talked about the black costume spider-man and i think Mm -hmm. this might have been uh shortly after that or before that yeah we did an interview with gregory wright who's all over this uh series this yeah he is he colors I think he's the colorist on three of the six issues, maybe. Yeah, we, we have ties to this series already. We kind of laid the groundwork already. <laughs> we did, too, because I'm sitting there, I'm reading them, and I'm like, well, I know about Ghost Rider number 25, which is a very big, significant part of this story. By the end of this, you know, they're they're off to try and still figure out what to do with Danny Catch, but Morbius is showing up here, and, and the events that happened in Spider-Man number 14 have happened prior to what we get in Morbius number one. As a matter of fact, I remember us talking about how they were teasing uh, Morbius number one in I think the Spider-Man issue. So yeah, we got some uh, we got some neat unexpected groundwork for Rise of the Midnight Suns already laid here on the Unspoken Issues podcast. Uh, so this is going to be part one of Rise of the Midnight Suns. Ghost Rider number 28, written by Howard Mackey, penciled by Andy Kubert, inked by Joe Kubert, colored by Gregory Wright, lettered by Janice Yang, 
before we get into the synopsis, I want to run out, want to run down a little bit of an intro to some of the main characters of the book. Okay. All right. All right. So Johnny Blaze, created by Gary Friedrich and Mike Plug, first appeared in Marvel Spotlight number five, May of 1972. Uh, perhaps the most famous host of the Spirit of Vengeance, Johnny has recently freed himself from the Ghost Rider and made time for a family with his wife, Roxanne, and two children, Craig and Emma. After hearing that a new Ghost Rider was back, Johnny attempted to capture him and his host, Danny Ketch. During the fight, Johnny learns he can still use Hellfire as a weapon through his shotgun. That shows up in the series a couple times. And coming to grips with his newfound power, Johnny decides to kind of hang back and teach Danny about his powers as the Ghost Rider. Now, most of this information I'm grabbing from marvel.fandom.com. So if anybody's questioning where I get some of this, that's where we're, that's where we're nabbing it from. Let's talk about the Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider came around at the same time Johnny Blaze did, created by Gary Friedrich, Mike Plug. First appeared in Marvel Spotlight number five, May of 1972. The Spirit of Vengeance is now in the body of Danny Ketch. He is still cleaning up the streets with his leather jacket chain, hellfire, and penance stare. However, he has encountered a new problem when Danny has suffered mortal wounds at the hands of Ghost Rider's foe, Blackout. Taking over, Ghost Rider now cannot turn back into Danny without him possibly dying. He can't turn back into Danny without Danny potentially just dying and bleeding out right there uh, or being right. dead. He may have actually died. I don't know. But yeah, it's kind of a, a gray area. I'm assuming because I think he even says in this issue at one point, Danny's not dead, that Daniel's not dead. But yeah, obviously the state he was in whenever he tra- uh, did his transformation in issue 25, uh, Danny's not in any condition to, uh, yeah. to, to come back. So Danny Ketch, created by Howard Mackey and Javier Salteras. First appearance, Ghost Rider Volume 3, number one, from May of 1990. The new host for Ghost Rider, who is currently floating in between worlds. So I put in here, not yet not yet dead, as he is still attached to the spirit of vengeance, but still unable to return to the land of the living, as his wounds would surely kill him. Uh, then we have Blackout. Now, I threw him in here. He's, I mean, he's going to be a regular throughout the series. Uh, Blackout, created by Howard Mackey, Javier Salteras. First appearance, Ghost Rider Volume 3, number 2, June of 1990. At this point, when we start this book, he's been imprisoned in a crypt by Ghost Rider after attacking Danny Ketch and slashing his throat, creating the predicament that Ghost Rider's in right now. So Blackout's kind of the reason that Danny is dead, slash not dead. (laughs) And then we get Lilith. Uh, so Lan- Lilith is created by Howard Mackey and Andy Kubert. First appearance, Ghost Rider Volume 3, number 28. This very issue, according to what I was reading. The Mother of Demons. Now, if you go to marvel.fandom.wiki and look Lilith up, there is a very large account of her history, <laughs> okay? Because she's yeah. been around for a while. Go ahead. You know, I never really got the full breadth of Lilith's origin because, you know, I- I've talked before about how I kind of got out of comics for a couple years there in the mid 90s i don't think her her origins were ever really revealed while i was i was still into comics mm. and i've never gone back and finished that that collection so i wanted to kind of get a, a glimpse and i i looked it up the, the same as you and i was like well this is really <laughs> a lot to take in <laughs> pretty convoluted and I, was like, I wonder if this all got covered back in the 90s or if this is like newer retcon type stuff it's got to be retcon because the thing is is that it lists her first appearance as this issue right she's been around for i mean they say since the dawn of humanity when I was looking things up that she had, there was actually a Lilith one shot that came out last year Ooh. and around the time the new Ghost Rider book was going, uh, which I think it only made like seven or eight issues. But I never saw that Lilith issue like at my comic shops. So either 
they didn't order it or it sold out before oh. I could see. So I had to like go online and order a copy because now I have to have that one as well. So I'm wondering <laughs> a lot of this stuff got covered in that one shot that came out uh, about a year and a half ago. The main thing you have to remember is that she is the mother of demons. She's been around since the dawn of humanity. Physically, she hasn't been around for quite some time when this issue starts. So she's she's kind of been away uh, for quite a while. But I think spiritually, she was still able to kind of influence some of the comings and goings throughout the Marvel Universe. But mm. regardless, she hasn't been in the physical world for a while after the Atlanteans imprisoned her in a large Leviathan. Think of like a humongous whale creature. Some kind of spell, mm. something or other was done to where she got imprisoned in it. This uh, is like pre-cataclysm Atlantis, which is kind of yes. cool. This is before, you know, it sunk into the sea and everything. So this is like way, way, way back. <laughs> exactly. She also has ties to possibly cre- being the genesis or the creator of vampires. And also that ties her to the Darkhold, which we'll be getting to that uh, later. Lilith all, also had a bunch of demon children out there called Lilin that roamed the earth to this day. Uh, Blackout being one of them. Not exactly a child, but a grandchild. We'll find out later. That's kind of our background on the characters that are going to be showing up in this issue. That synopsis is coming up. But first, let me talk about Amazon Music. If you're looking for a good platform that can fill those musical needs, Amazon Music has you covered. If you head to getamazonmusic.com W2M Network, you can get a free 30-day trial where you can check out over 70 million songs. That's getamazonmusic.com W, the number 2M Network, for that free 30-day trial. So our tale begins with Johnny Blaze and Ghost Rider dropping off some muggers at a crypt in Cypress Hill Cemetery. Ghost Rider is still reeling from recent events where his host, Danny Ketch, fell victim to blackout. Getting his throat slashed, Danny turned into Ghost Rider, who now cannot turn back for fear of Danny dying. Now, it's important because I don't think I, anybody who uh, who's out there who is out there that's doesn't know the dynamic between Ghost Rider and their ho- and his host. So they are two separate beings. Uh, it's not like Danny can turns into Ghost Rider. Is now he's this ultra powerful Danny Catch. Kind of like it's one or the other. So Ghost Rider is his, uh, is his own person slash beings, uh, while Danny is as well. So this has left Danny in a state of limbo, still somewhat attached to the Ghost Rider. Uh, now, Johnny Blaze wants to find a way to save Danny and approaches Ghost Rider on what their next next step should be, but soon is approached by the caretaker of the cemetery, who warns them that the police have surrounded them with the intent of taking Ghost Rider down. When Ghost Rider tells Johnny and the caretaker to leave, Blaze and the caretaker try to carefully make their escape, but are pinned down by a hail of gunfire. During the chaos, Ghost Rider is entranced, seeing a vision through Danny's spirit spiritual eyes. As Danny is floating towards the light, a hand reaches out and grabs his wrist. It is the hand of the demon mother Lilith. She shows Danny that her offspring will be responsible for destroying a group of heroes, including Blaze and Ghost Rider. While Ghost Rider is seeing this vision as well, he does not notice that Blackout, who is yeah, last time I saw him, he was getting thrown into a crypt in 25, uh, who has been imprisoned in the crypt for a while, makes his way to escape. When Blackout overhears Ghost Rider mention the name Lilith in his trance, he begins to believe Ghost Rider is speaking about his mother and is compelled to leave and find out more about her. With the help of the caretaker, Blaze finds a bike he had hidden there before and they rescue Ghost Rider, both riding off in the night with the police in hot pursuit. Meanwhile, the caretaker converses with Doctor Strange regarding what awaits the pair of the 
events Doctor Strange has set into motion. Uh, the first thing that kind of jumps out is Joe Kubert as the anchor on yes. uh, Andy's art. Joe Kubert, kind of a legendary Marvel, I guess, just I, I think he did a lot of DC stuff, Sergeant Rock and stuff like that. So just yeah. a legendary comic book artist uh, and his his sons, Andy and Adam, have become like big names since then. But so we have... Um, Andy on pencils and Joe on inks. And it gives it a real like, honestly, I think I like Andy's artwork better uh, when it's not Joe Cooper doing the, doing the uh, inking, mm -hmm. but it is a, a cool mesh of, you know, father and son and stuff. And it gives it like a real gritty feel to, to these, uh, th this issue and the, and the last issue in the storyline. You know, this is 1992. The Andy and Adam are about to explode if they haven't already. Right. When it when it comes to doing art, we did we talked about Batman versus Predator on an issue. Uh, yeah, uh, an issues episode. And Andy was the penciler, and Adam was the inker on that series. Now they're at Marvel. They do some. You know, Andy does Ghost Rider. Adam does the Spirits of Vengeance title for a while, and then after the Image, you know, Exodus, they both jump over into the X Men line. There and, we go. There we and, go. Uh, I think Adam is doing Wolverine for a while. Andy's doing X-Men for a while. And that's when they really kind of blew up to become like the couple of the biggest names at Marvel in the really? mid-90s. Seriously. Joe, you know, just folks, I mean, I, I don't think we can overstate Joe's impact, Joe Cooper's <laughs> impact on on, Mar on the Marvel Universe. Well, I mean, on comics, on comics alone. If you grab an old comic, there's a very good possibility you're going to come across an ad yeah. for Joe Cooper's School of Art, I, I think is what it's called. Uh, it, it's, there's... For comic book illustrators and... Yeah. Yeah, it, sequential it, it, artists and stuff. I mean, my goodness, he's had such an influence. So yeah, very cool, very cool to see him. I mean, my goodness, Joe is born in '26, so when he's doing this, these issues, he's like 66. Yeah, he's close to 70. Yeah, you know, and I, I love the father-son dynamic. Uh, just to think that, hey, that's what we got on this issue. I, I don't know how much of that's happened throughout comics. I would assume that it's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, they, it could be it could be potentially a rarity. I'd have to look it up. But I mean, if if that happened very often, that's great. I mean, I love, I love to think that a dad and a son were able to get together and do something that they loved and mm -hmm. have it imprinted. So that's really awesome. All right, what else, man? Ghost Rider, you know, we're seeing everything is kind of through his eyes for most of this issue because Dan's not really around. He's kind of aimless. Like he, <laughs> he's just going out, I guess, every night, finding criminals, giving them the old penance stare <laughs> and throwing them in, in a mausoleum and, and has them chained up there. Uh, Johnny Blaze is trying to reason with him. And like, you know, Ghost Rider doesn't really have much to say other than, you know, he's going to do what, you know, vengeance requires or whatever. Yeah, it, it, that's one of my first notes here was it seemed like Ghost Rider. I don't want to say losing control because he's got control of his, mm -hmm. you know, he's. it's not like he's just going out murdering people, but you could tell. Uh, he's worried. Ghost Rider's worried that, mm -hmm. you know, without catch to keep him grounded, he's feeling things change. And he's, I think he's worried he's going to become a murderer. He doesn't want to go that route, but the spirit of vengeance is just like, it's a, a powerful weapon. Uh, th there's a possibility it may become out of control. So yeah, I pick up what you're putting down there. That's the first, that's one of my first notes was that he was, you could tell he's kind of worried about that happening. Johnny Blaze, you know, he also kind of seems a little out of story still figuring some things out like he doesn't know you can tell he has no idea or he's forgotten that
that this shotgun has got power. And I think he, <laughs> uh, you know, he's, you know, he's worried about using it. I think at one point, he sh- I mean, he knows it's, it's powerful enough to take Ghost Rider down because he, like in the first few pages, he's got the gun pointed at uh, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider's head to stop him from so, potentially killing those muggers. So, yeah, when, when Johnny first comes back into the Ghost Rider title, he just has a regular uh, shotgun. During the confrontation with Ghost Rider, uh, Ghost Rider grabs the gun and kind of shoots like hellfire out and it kind of knocks Blaze back. And um, from that point on, the gun shoots hellfire. So it's, it's like that's an how you get hellfire shotgun. There are more revelations later about how that works uh, in later storylines. But essentially, you know, Johnny Blaze was Ghost Rider originally and now he's just a, a regular guy with a a gun that can powerful. shoot hellfire. Yeah, a very powerful <laughs> shotgun. Yeah. Um, he's not a hobo with a shotgun, but he is, uh, <laughs> he's definitely got himself a pretty powerful heater there. My next note is our caretaker guy. <laughs> I mean, we don't get a whole lot of this dude in there, but I have a feeling he's been established for a little while. This is his first appearance, which I was kind of surprised. Kidding. But he does become a major player um, in the Ghost Rider mythos as it as it kind of goes along. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah, I had assumed he had been established already. And what's funny is I get a lot of that throughout this series where I'm like, oh, that guy's been here for a while. I can tell. I don't even have to read anything. <laughs> he's been here for a while. Uh, we get into the Morbius issue. I was doing the same thing. I was like, oh, that person's been here for a while. Oh, nope. That's his first and last appearance. Okay. So yeah, you know, the caretaker, you know, spitting all the time. Uh, he was an interesting character. Not a whole lot, you know, other than the fact that he's just like, you know, watching over this cemetery and he kind of helps Johnny blaze out. But it's interesting that, you know, he's palling around with Dr. Strange at the end. You're like, okay. All right. So he's, <laughs> yeah. He's definitely more than a spitting <laughs> grave digger. You know, we also get the family still worried about Danny. We definitely put that in there because Danny's been missing, I assume. I mean, ever since he turned into Ghost Rider, they don't know where he's at other than I think right. that they just found his blood where it was basically emptied onto the back porch or wherever they were when that issue went down. Do you remember if this issue had like a big trifold poster when the vision happened? I assume it was a fold out. Uh, it's not that way in the trade I've got, but it, it's a two page splash, but it's got kind of like a widescreen border on the top and bottom. So, yeah, uh, I, it kind of shrinks the image a little. So I think it w- probably was a fold out. I don't really remember because I haven't read the actual issue uh, in a while. Same I mean, here. I, in trade. I think that it was like maybe not. A th- I said a three page. I think it was a four page. I think you <laughs> You unfolded it here and unfolded it there and you get the big vision, which, you know, folks, to kind of describe what's going on, Danny is seeing Lilith is kind of showing him what's going to be happening in the future uh, or at least uh, a vision of what she wants to happen in the future where Ghost Rider and Johnny are there. I think we see the members of the, the, well, the Darkhold Redeemers, which I don't think they're called that in the, these issues, but that's who we get, uh, the Darkhold Redeemers. We also get Morbius uh, as a player in there, and of course, the Night Stalkers. They're all kind of in this vision, and we'll get to those issues here pretty soon. But anyway, uh, again, another great 90s gimmick right there, buddy. <laughs> you know, you know, you get the fold-out, fantastic bit of art, so... Yeah, it, that would be a great poster. Oh, my goodness. Uh, don't ruin your comic, ladies and gentlemen. Keep the poster in, in the comic. <laughs> <laughs> by a second issue that's what it was for that's why they did that we get our first look at lilith here uh granted she's not i don't think she gets born yet until we get into the next issue but we do get to see lilith who brings yeah, she she's there it seems like on whatever spiritual plane you know danny's spirit is is kind of going through 
Yeah, she's got a really interesting uh, visual look, especially the pointed. I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, her head like, is not I a guess head. They're kind of like I guess they're supposed to be kind of like um, sort of like devil horns, kind of evoke that kind of an image. Okay, she's supposed to be a demon, but uh, and then she has the, the you know the black hair kind of flowing behind it, but an interesting visual. Then we got uh, Doctor Strange. I put on here my note was Doctor Strange pulling the strings, a la Secret Defenders. So right. yeah. if you know, you know he's he's in the background, and you're kind of wondering like why isn't he getting involved? And we get a bit of an explanation as we go through these series, but but that's kind of all I had for the first issue. There, did you have anything else? Uh, I think that about covers it. We also, you know, we get blackout briefly in there uh again just never learns he's trying to, to chop <laughs> down on, on ghost rider and yeah. gets his face burned off again uh what an idiot <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much all i had for the first issue This would be a good time to plug a sponsor of the W2M Network, and that is Grammarly. For you, the listeners of Unspoken Issues, Grammarly is offering a free download of the Grammarly software. Grammarly's AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors, improving your vocabulary, and suggesting style improvements. To download Grammarly today, go to getgrammarly.com slash W2M network. Again, that's getgrammarly.com slash W, the number two, M network to download Grammarly for free. For going the longer form plugs on these shorter episodes, I'll just remind you to go check out the unspokendecade.com for some great articles regarding comics from the 1990s. You can follow Chris Armstrong on Twitter at BrodyMan34 and myself at Stiznarkey on Twitter. And we are pretty active on our Facebook page. Just search for the Unspoken Issues podcast. Stay safe, everyone, and tune in tomorrow for the next chapter of Rise of the Midnight Suns. <laughs>